War never changes. Remember, no Russian. Did I ever tell you the definition of insanity? If I'm to choose between a greater and lesser evil, I'd rather not choose at all. I'm afraid. I don't know what to do. Everyone I have cared for has either died or left me. Everyone fucking except for you. Hey, how's everyone doing tonight? Welcome. Welcome to episode 11 of Let's Talk Video Games. I'm your host, Walter Nunez, and on this beautiful Friday night, we will discuss all week's news that we got from the gaming industry. So we're going to be talking about the last two days of Gamescom, which sadly were not as brilliant as the first ones. But we did saw some nice things, and um, we will focus on the good things here. We will also be talking about the newest NVIDIA's graphic cards that were announced this week. And on PC, arguably, the most important component are the graphic cards, at least for the newest games. So um, I think this announcement was kind of a showstopper, and we will talk about that a bit later on. We will also be talking about just a little bit, not too much, about um, The Witcher 3, The Wild Hunt, uh, that will be coming to the next generation of consoles. CD Projekt Red announced that the most successful game they have developed yet uh, will be coming to the next generation, and also for PC players, uh, a new enhanced version of the game we will be um, released too. And... At the end of the podcast, we will be talking about Thursday's Nintendo Direct, which uh, was kind of a surprise and was focused on the 35th uh, anniversary of Mario Brothers. And because of that, we saw a lot of announcements that are certainly of interest to many Nintendo fans. So, without further ado, let's begin. And we will begin with Gamescom. And, um, well, the opening night that was on Thursday and the future games show that was on Friday were great. I think the remaining days were meh, you know. Um, Saturday was pretty much an eight-hour IGN uh, commercial. And Sunday were, like, some kind of awards uh, that were kind of controversial, too. We saw a little bit more of Little Nightmares, too. That was presented on opening night, but on Saturday we saw a 20-minute gameplay. I think the title is quite interesting because it's kind of cute, but it also has this horror or terror characteristics, you know? For instance, um, the game has uh, like this rope with a knot uh, that's not used for hanging people, and it's used as a help for... Kind of a double jump. And the whole environment in general is kind of scary and nightmarish. But as I said, it's also kind of cute. The main character is also quite small. And the style of it is somehow less scary than the environment. Uh, the game will be focused on saving uh, the main character's friend and discovering the secrets of the world they are in now. The next game I want to talk about is Scarlet Nexus. 
It's a Japanese uh, RPG or role-playing game. And I think it has quite a specific animation style. I think it's quite close to anime in that way. And the game is supposed to be set on the near future, but on an alternate dimension. Uh, you can see that the game's uh, environment has uh, more advanced technology than our world. And what really, really caught my eye were the enemies. The enemies are a combination of organic and non-organic material. One of them reminded me a lot of the Princess Mononoke, uh, Big Ass Pig, you know, the one with the, like, worms or... I don't remember the name. I'm so sorry. But um, you, you know which one I'm talking about. And if you don't, just watch it on Netflix. Pretty good movie. And the others are also quite weird, the other enemies. There was one that was like a flower vase with human legs. But the human legs were formed in um, like a minotaur um, position, you know? And it also had a tail, but the tail was made of bone, just raw bone. So so it, it's pretty weird, you know, the, the whole concept of, uh, at least the enemies are super, super weird. I honestly have no clue what the developers were on when doing these enemies, but I sure want some of that. That, that's, that has to be some good stuff. And the other thing, uh, now that we're talking about like some crazy stuff, is Borderlands 3 that we got to see a little bit of the DLC uh, expansion that we're gonna be getting called the Psycho Creek and the Fantastic Foster Clock. Do I know what that means? Absolutely not. But I think that's the whole point of Borderlands in general. The DLC is gonna be taking place on Craig's mind. And um, he will make his appearance from Borderlands 2 for the first time. So we need to go through his wacky memories. And as usual on all Borderlands games, uh, we will see in this expansion a lot of destruction, fun, dynamicity, and explosions. The DLC will be released next week on September 10. So if you are interested in it, check it out. Check the trailer out. Check maybe a little bit of the gameplay. Honestly, the gameplay is not, like, super different, but um, I suppose the the story will make uh, a lot more sense for Super... Um, to Borderlands fans. Also, Other Worlds, Peril on Gorgon, was, was announced, and this is the first of two DLC expansions planned for the game. We will explore Gorgon Overlands and the Spread Shack, Throughout the DLC, we will also be um, investigating a new drug called the Adrena Time. Uh, have no idea what the Adrena Time uh, does, but you know, if this if the name says something, I suppose it kind of controls time and gives the enemies like an edge on on speed or something. I have no clue, but Outer Worlds was one of the best games uh, released on twenty nineteen. So. Um, I have faith, you know? And also this uh, expansion seems very colorful. The grass, for instance, glows with a nice cool blue. And we also saw a new weapon that kind of pulls uh, enemies to stabbing distance. So um, it makes it easier for you to 
just um, stab your enemy uh, to death. Now, Kiwi. I think this one was probably my favorite or one of my favorite uh, games presented at Gamescom. It's a cooperative game where you control two Kiwis. Uh, you know, the, the endemic birds of New Zealand. Cute little... Well, not so little. They, I have no clue, but I don't know why they always are depicted as like small birds, almost like the size of a chicken. When they are big as birds, they have like these really long beaks and the claws are like razor sharp, you know? Um, they are quite a... I'll say probably a little bigger than a hen, but I am not so sure. Anyway, it's not like a like a small thing, but on the game it kind of is. And uh, you try to run a postal service office. Uh, this game is said to be released in 2021, and I think it has a lot of similarities uh, to Overcooked, the game, but. Uh, apparently it's gonna be less stressful than than Overcooked. It will be focused a lot on friendly cooperation. Uh, Jeff and Deborah, the name of the two Kiwis, uh, need to get all the mail sorted to Bungalow Basin. Personally, like the idea of a cooperative cute game, especially with Kiwis, and apparently the game has been having a lot of delays, but it is said almost certainly that 2021 is the final release date. I hope we get to see more, maybe a little bit more of the gameplay, because I am pretty sure this game surprised a lot of people on Gamescom. Now the last game I'm gonna be talking about is called Void Train, in which you are a member of an interdimensional uh, train. While traveling, you will be discovering creatures, places, and its dangers. You will be able to upgrade your train with materials you get on your travels. And that 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 thing, and especially all those characteristics I just told you, kind of reminded me of Spiritfarer on, you know, the mechanics of upgrading the train, but also uh, No Man's Sky. I saw some of the creatures and I don't know, it just gave me that vibe. Uh, also, apparently the game is endless, and it will obviously not be focused a lot on the story, but more on what you can do. Now on Sunday, we got the awards for Gamescom, and they were way too many, like too, too many. So I'll just name a few. The best family game was um, Kiwi the winner. Most original game, Void Train. Best announcement, Known 9 Awakening. Best trailer, Little Nightmares 2. Best RPG, PC game, Game of Gamescom, and Sony game, Cyberpunk 2077. And I do want to talk about these awards, because I don't like the idea of giving awards to games uh, not available for normal players, you know? I mean, probably Gamescom uh, organizers and judges have played Cyberpunk 2077 or Kiwi or Void Train, but everyone else hasn't. And it makes no sense to give awards to games that you can even talk about. You cannot talk about any of those games because they are not released and you don't want to spoil any of the fun. So I do understand and I am happy of some uh, of these awards like Best Announcement or Best Trailer, 
maybe most expected game or similar stuff. But best RPG is just ridiculous. How do you even do that? And that was a lot of, uh, there was a lot of criticism on that regard too. Because like, dude, how do you, how are you telling me the best RPG of the whole Gamescom is Cyberpunk 2077? When first of all, a lot of the games we saw are not even on a playable state. Somewhere, um, for example, let's say Unknown 9 Awakening. If that is an RPG, are they taking that into account? They're not finished. Apparently, Cyberpunk 2077 has been finished uh, since January, and they are just doing bug fixes and glitches. Uh, quality assurance, you know? However, everyone else doesn't know that. I, I don't think it's a fair contest to be just giving away these awards like, yeah, best RPG, you know, best PlayStation 4 game. I I don't know. It doesn't make really sense to me. And I wouldn't give a multi-platform uh, game the best PlayStation 4 game. I have no, I don't know. Maybe you create an award that's called best multi-platform game. That would be um, fairer. But anyway, I'm not the organizer of Gamescom. And I have no clue what happened. Because as I said before, the first two days were amazing. And the last two days were so freaking lame. It wasn't like really uh, worth my time. And I think what they lacked was content. I feel that they were affected a lot by these online uh, games come. Probably people do not feel like lacking content when they have to make, you know, these huge queues for playing or seeing uh, a booth, you know, the Xbox booth or the CD Projekt Red booth or whatever. In this uh, scenario, where everything is online and available at the same time for any amount of people, that's when Gamescom really showed um, its problems, you know? I, I don't think they're doing a great job, and I do think they need to take into account... The amount of content they are creating, they just cannot be doing 8-hour ads for IGN. It's just ridiculous. It was boring as hell. I don't know. Uh, I, I guess we'll see next year how everything goes. But for now, I wouldn't say uh, Gamescom 2020 was a success. I'll just say it was. First half was great. Second half was awful. So... Let's just live in an average uh, convention or expo. Now, let's move to stuff less depressing than Gamescom. And let's talk about NVIDIA's new graphic cards. On Tuesday, NVIDIA presented a new line of graphic cards that will arrive for PCs. While the graphic cards are usually not, um, you know, focused on gaming per se... There is a lot of use for it on, on gaming. And obviously, they, they know that the general public uses it, for especially for gaming. You can use it for, intel, uh, for, for um, artificial intelligence or neural networks or a lot of other uh, specialized IT stuff. But the general public just uses it for gaming. So they try to focus a lot on that. The new light is called RTX 30. And I'll give you a summary of it. 
they have the fastest uh, memory on the market today, the GDDR6X. And it also has a new cooling system, which is quite important because um, the performance of the components depends a lot on the temperature. If you can maintain your graphic card or any component for a lot of time in a ideal temperature, you will get a way, way better performance. Also, this new line, we also have ray tracing. You know, the big thing uh, in the last few years, it's supposed to be better than the last ones, you know, the RTX 20, but I guess we'll see about that. And I am not sure how this works exactly, but apparently these new graphic cards will provide you with less lag, you know, or less uh, MS. For competitive gaming, it is super important. I can see a lot of pro players using this graphic card more, and also on official tournaments like Dota 2, uh, League of Legends, Overwatch, and Fortnite because of this, uh, because of this feature. And if you like 4K, apparently with these new cards, it's going to be a thing of the past because you will be able to play in 8K with HDR. Some of the games mentioned uh, for this specific 8K are Forza Horizon 4, Control, Dead Stranding, Rocket League, Rainbow Six Siege, and more. Another thing about these, these cards is that you will be able to render 8K videos twice as fast as RTX 20. For content creators, especially on YouTube, this will be a big thing. Because what's the point of playing on 8K and recording on 8K if you cannot do your daily gameplay on YouTube on that resolution because it just takes way too much time? And lastly, the new software for NVIDIA will help live streams. It will help delete background noise. It will get a webcam optimization and more. Again, a lot of these features said by NVIDIA, there are a lot more, but the ones they are focusing on are on gaming. The last thing I do want to say is cost because that was, I think, the most impressive thing. The RTX 3090 is the most powerful one and will cost $1,500, but it does not have a release date for now. The RTX 3080 will cost $700 and will be available on November 17. Now, this is my favorite one. RTX 3070 will cost $500 and will be released on October. The thing is, this RTX 3070 is the least powerful one of this series, and it is more powerful than the 2080 Ti, which was, until last week, the most powerful graphic card for gaming. That one, the 2080 Ti, costed around uh, $1,200, so having a more powerful card for half the price really impressed me. Now, if you are in the process of, of building a PC, I do recommend waiting until we get independent comparisons because, you know, NVIDIA may say that, that the RTX 3070 is like the big thing now, but who knows? I, I guess we will have to wait and see if that is true or if it's a lie. See, the Project Red is the development company that made us remember that there's goodness in this world, you know, they started with this free DLC pack when The Witcher 3 was released. Uh, 
and they are now focused on Cyberpunk 2077, which is probably a game changer in RPGs. However, they announced out of nowhere a new enhanced version for The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt. With the same story and mechanics, but better graphics for both consoles and PC, it does sound good. It will also be uh, having ray tracing and faster loading times. The problem is uh, that it sounds like the special edition for Skyrim, which costed like $30. And I'm not a fan of buying games just for enhanced graphics. I mean, it's the same game. It's not a remaster or a remake like Mafia, for instance. And I think CD Projekt Red knows it's unfair because they will provide uh, this update on, on graphics for free for owners of uh, the game in PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC. So yeah, it's an enhanced version uh, on new generation of consoles for no cost. I mean, dude, is there something CD Projekt Red is not doing perfectly right now? I certainly hope Cyberpunk is also uh, not the exception, but they really seem to represent players and their interests while maintaining themselves economically. I gotta say, I'm super surprised but happy to say this. There are two companies at the moment I pre-order without a doubt, Naughty Dog and CD Projekt Red, and until now, none had failed me. Now let's move on to the last topic of the day, Nintendo Direct. On Thursday, we got a surprise Direct with tons of announcements. The purpose of the Direct was the 35th anniversary of Mario Bros. Therefore, all announcements were related to Mario. The first thing I do want to talk about is Mario 3D World, which will be coming to Nintendo Switch. It is arguably the most successful Mario game for Wii U, and it's finally doing this jump on, on consoles. The Wii U didn't quite become what was expected, but had some amazing games. 3D World was one, and I think it's a step in the right direction to do this. They added some mechanical changes, but in general, it's like a direct port uh, more than a remaster or a remake. The game will be released alongside Bowser's Fury, Bowser's Fury seemed to be like an expansion for the game, like a DLC, but we do not know a lot about that uh, for now. Also, there are new amiibos based on 3D World. They're gonna be Cat Peach and Cat Mario. I don't know if they will have an impact on 3D World or just work as regular Mario amiibos. They will come on February 2021, and I do hope we get to see Cat Bowser because of all of the cat characters, that one was personally my favorite. We also saw uh, Super Mario 35, which is kind of like a battle royale. You know, you compete against 35 other players at the same time. You cruise through levels and the worst one is eliminated until one is left. It is, you know, it's clearly a take on battle royales. But it's something weird about this because... It will be, uh, first of all, I think it's important to say, it's only available for free to uh, Nintendo Switch Online members, which is cool. It will be released on October 1st, 2020. The thing is, this game is going to be playable until March 31st, 2021. After that, you cannot play the game, which makes no sense. Why release a game with a limited playability time? Maybe... Do you 
you maybe want to get more people on the online membership. But if you do want to do that, why just not leave it there forever? I guess we will see if, the, if they kind of make it work and if the game is good at all, you know? It may be a failure completely. And we saw too a little bit of a new augmented reality Mario game, which is called Mario Kart Live Home Circuit. The game will use your house as a track for Mario Kart races. In order to do so, in order to do so, you will need to use one of the special Mario Kart remote control toys. The little car has an integrated camera that transmits to your Switch for you to control it and race in your house. We just saw Luigi and Mario, but we'll probably see more. It seems like a nice toy for kids and, you know, a cool way of merging real life and video games. Now, it all depends on the price, as it probably will be quite elevated, but I don't see uh, this game having online features, you know? So, um, it probably will be a game more focused on siblings than an only child. So, if you are an only child like me, you, you're pretty much out of luck. Another presentation that we got of a free game for the Nintendo Switch Online members was Super Mario All-Stars, which is a four-pack of Super Mario games. This pack includes Super Mario Bros., Super Mario Bros. 2, Super Mario Bros. 3, and Super Mario The Lost Levels. All of these games have been enhanced to uh, 16 bits instead of 8, and I think this was super nice. This was a really nice announcement. I love the idea of having retro games on the Nintendo Switch, especially when they are free, you know, with a monthly subscription. So while we wait for the next Mario game, I'll just say stay with the classics. We thought that was the last announcement, but we were wrong. There was one more and Nintendo announced Super Mario 3D All-Stars. This is a 3-pack that includes the arguably most popular and important 3D games of Mario not present on the Nintendo Switch, which are Super Mario 64, Super Mario Sunshine, and Super Mario Galaxy, just, just the first one. It will be released later on September this year, but Nintendo will stop production early next year. After that, you won't be able to buy the game on the eShop either. Again, super weird way of releasing a game. This time, all the games are boards, like direct boards with only slight changes on resolution. And I think it's worth noting that the price of the pack is $60, the price of a full game nowadays, which I think is excessive by a lot, especially if you take into account all of those countries that Nintendo doesn't directly distribute. A lot of Latin American countries, for instance, have prices around $70 or $80 per game because of the costs of importing that game by an external company. And honestly, Nintendo is just porting three games, nothing else. Not even new stuff or a remaster or anything. The graphics look exactly the same. And having a game for a limited time makes absolutely no sense to me. Maybe they are trying to hype people up and pressure them to buy this expensive port? Could be, could be. But right now the response, especially on the price, is not great. 
It is cheaper to emulate these games on PC, especially because Mario 64 and Super Mario Sunshine can be emulated on any decent modern computer easily. And it's free. So, uh, you know, guys, maybe maybe save your money on this one and, uh, you know, just save it for another game that's really worth it. And that will be all for today's episode. I thank you all for tuning in today. And before leaving, I do want to say something extra, not, not really gaming related. I am not sure if you know, but Chadwick Boseman died last Friday night. He was an actor on lots of movies, but most will probably know him by his role as Black Panther in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. He had been struggling for four years with colon cancer, which means he did quite a lot of Marvel Cinematic Universe stuff while fighting cancer, which is impressive. I'm happy and grateful to have a chance to see his work and being able to enjoy it while he was still alive, and I do understand how difficult these moments can be for his family and friends. I hope they get understanding and peace uh, from the fans, especially while they cope with this whole uh, uh, situation right now. So uh, just, you know, thank you, Chadwick Boseman. I think that your, your role, as, especially as Black Panther, was really inspirational for a lot of kids that kind of wanted some representation on superheroes in, in, in the movies. So that was, that was great. That was powerful. Uh, that would be all. That would be all for today. We will be talking again on next Friday night. So until then, stay safe. Cheers.